This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-host and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. Our favorite Hollywood housewife, Laura Tremaine, is here with me today. And here we are in May already, you guys. And that means summer is just around the corner in our part of the world. Summer means firing up the grill and enjoying all kinds of grilled good stuff all through the warm weather season. Now, when it comes to grilling, there are those of us who prefer to let someone else handle the hands-on work, and I'm including myself in that group. And then there are those of us who take the reins and work that grill themselves. Luckily for you all, Laura is one of those girls who runs the grill in her house. So she is going to share with us today all about grilling and also her best tips for cooking for and hosting big groups of people this summer. But first, let's start the show the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. Laura, what do you have for us this week? Awesome's My Awesome of the Week is a flashback to 1999. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're going to talk a little scrapbooking. Scrapbooking. Here we go. We have not talked about scrapbooking on the show before. I did not think I was going to talk about scrapbooking. However... This thing I have discovered that's been around for years that is my awesome of the week is called Project Life Mm -hmm. by Becky Higgins. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it. I've never done it, but I have heard of it. So Project Life is a super, super simple scrapbooking system. I've heard people talk about it. I've seen bloggers post about it. I've seen it on Pinterest, but I never really thought I was going to be into it because... I don't consider myself much of a scrapbooker Hmm. in general. I used to scrapbook back in the days, like when it was kind of new and exploding and like lots of pretty paper and, you know, stickers. I know exactly what you're talking about. Your scrapbooks from camp and other high school stuff. Those were the first ones I had ever seen. I had never seen someone scrapbook that way. And I remember being in awe of your blossoming scrapbooking skills back then. It was very fun. I liked it. It was like a little cute creative outlet. And I had all the scissors and the punch outs and all of that. But then my style kind of changed and I wasn't so into like the cutesy version of scrapbooking. And 
then like digital world came along and I did a lot of photo books with my digital photos because I thought that was a lot of a cleaner, more simple look. However, I have from years and years back sacks and boxes full of memories. Like I'm the type of person who keeps, you know, all my movie ticket stubs. Like, I am that girl. I'm not a hoarder about it. Like, I'm sort of selective about the things I keep. But I do keep memento-y type of things. And I even keep it organized. But it's all just, like, in random sacks. <laughs> right. Yes, I have the same problem totally. So I finally decided, like, this is – I either have to, you know, chuck all this stuff or I have to figure out a way to display it, like, in an organized way. So enter Project Life. What I like about it is, A, you can do it in a plain, simple, like non-cheesy style if you want. Although if you are into all the other stuff, which is fun and cute, that's available to you too. But B, half of the work is already done for you and that you, you buy the pocket pages and all you have to do is just slip in all of your stuff into all the little slots and then that's it. It's like the manual version of drag and drop. It's so, so easy. Oh, that's so great. So the typical way that people do Project Life and the way that Becky Higgins, who designed it, BeckyHiggins.com, she has little videos and tutorials about kind of the basic way to do Project Life. So that way is you buy an album, which is, you know, just a standard size album. You don't even have to buy her kind. You can buy them from anywhere. And then you buy the pages, which are like clear page protectors, and they have all different layouts kind of thing, but they're just clear and plain. And then you buy a core kit, which the core kit are these little, it's basically just a bunch of paper. <laughs> <laughs> but the but the paper fits into the little slots of the pages that you've just bought of hers. So you can put in your stuff and then you can you can use her core kit paper to like write a caption or to write a little memory beside it or whatever. So you have all these things, that's all you need, and then you can just go. I mean, I did, like, all of 2005 in one weekend. Oh, wow. That's great. It's very fast because I wasn't doing it in a, like, super – mine, it wasn't beautiful. It was, like, really plain, but it fit what I wanted to do. It got it done. That's what I was going to say. And it got, got the stuff out of those sacks and into an actual book where you have it to hang on to for forever now. Yeah, it's great. Now, another thing that's really popular about Project Life is they have an app. I think it lives on your phone and you can take the photos directly from your phone and make them into little digital scrapbook pages. That's not really my level of interest in this, but I do want to mention it because I think it's popular and a lot of people do struggle with getting like their photos from their phone into some right. displayable way. But for me, the main appeal of Project Life was everything other than photos, like non-digital stuff, like all these little, um, like I said, ticket stubs. And I just keep lots of little memory things. I did have photos printed out from 2005 that I sort of put in with the rest of the memories, but um, it, it, I, I cannot emphasize how simple and easy it was for me. And you know, for me, because I'm the same way, I, I actually do have like paper bags, like Brahms grocery sacks filled with certificates and all kinds of stuff. Lord knows when your kids are in school, the mm -hmm. sentimental memorabilia that you can hang on to is 
it's an avalanche. So yeah, a lot of it's in grocery sacks in my closet because it feels intimidating to me to even know where to start. So I love that you took a whole year and you could do it in a weekend. I feel like even I could do something like that. I think you could. The way I did it, I did have mine loosely organized by year. And but the whole year was just stuffed in a box. So I took out my 2005 stack of stuff and I just laid it all out around me, like fanned it out. I separated it by sort of event. I didn't need it to be all in chronological order. You can do it like you could do like a whole section of just your kids school stuff. You know, you don't have to like I think people get too wrapped up in the details of like, oh, they have to do it in like January, February, March. I do. I worry about that. You don't have to do it that way. You can be like, here's all of the school stuff for the year. Here's all the holiday stuff for the year. Here's all the, however you want to like section it out. It doesn't need to be so organized. Like when I go back and look at, again, 2005, I don't remember when this party was. Right. I mean, I don't even know. Like it was sometime in the year. So that's what, that is my advice is to just hold your organization loosely, like by year, by event, and then just like shove it in there. The other thing is if you are to realize that it's some, it's grossly out of order, they're just binder clips. You just take them out and put the page somewhere else. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So true. So true. Okay. Project life. I love it. Okay, this week, my awesome of the week is a book, a book that I just finished reading, and it is called Bellwether Rhapsody, and it's by Kate Reculia. Now, I heard about this book a few weeks ago on Pop Culture Happy Hour. In their fourth chair, they rotate out their fourth chair on their panel of hosts each week. And in their fourth chair that week was Margaret Willison, who is Mrs. Friday Next on Twitter. She is half of my favorite weekly newsletter to Bossy Dames. And she's a librarian, and she just has impeccable taste when it comes to reading. So whenever she mentions a book, I'm always like, oh, hey, what's this? And also, she mentioned on that episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour, that she had found a book, Bellwether Rhapsody, that she felt like was a read-alike for Rainbow Rowell's Fangirl. So my ears really perked up then, Laura, because you know I love Fangirl. I love Rainbow Rowell, and I love that book especially. You are a fangirl of Rainbow Rowell. 100% fangirl of Rainbow Rowell. So I uh, thought, well, this sounds super fascinating. Let's find out a little bit more about it. And so she had said that there's lots of great pop culture references and some really like era-specific mentions of pop culture stuff from the 80s and 90s. So I was already about like 85% in on this book. Well, I went to look it up on Amazon and I noticed in the description that it takes place in this like dilapidated, possibly haunted hotel. And the setting in this hotel, like the, the event that's going on in this hotel as the background for this book is an annual statewide music conference for high school performers. <laughs> Oh, you were so in. You could not (laughs) click purchase fast enough. I was 100% in when I read that. I was completely sold because as you all who listen to the show may remember, Laura and I were in high school choir together. We were not just in regular choir, you guys. We were in show choir (laughs) together. We could have have only dreamed of having a music competition in a haunted hotel. I mean, we did go in a music competition the cruise to the Bahamas but I mean a haunted hotel in upstate New York are you kidding me would have been so dreamy <laughs> high school dreams high school goals high school goals so when I read that I really I was like I, I got it immediately and you guys it is really it's an amazing book 
I mean, in addition to this great setting, this old hotel, there is a big overarching mystery to solve. Something happens early on in the book that is the driving mystery that kind of guides us through the whole book. There, there are adventures within adventures. From a narrative construct, she shifts the point of view from character to character. So there's like six main characters who kind of unravel the story for us. And in a twist that I really enjoyed, not all of our main characters are really that likable. They're, they're kind of, they're annoying, they're egomaniacs, different things that you're just like, am I supposed to be cheering for this person or not? I'm not sure, but they're very interesting characters for sure, even if they're a little bit mildly unlikable. Is this young adult? It's young or? adult in the sense that it, the story revolves mostly around um, the lives and perspectives of teenage kids. There are some adult perspectives. And in fact, I would have to give this probably uh, an R rating for the language that's used because there's some grown up language that comes out in the story. But for the most part, I mean, it's not like your traditional young adult um, in that it's like romance driven. It's definitely a mystery. That makes sense at all. Okay. Well, so I don't want to give anything else away on the plot because it is really quite a page turner. But I do have to say that the writing is gorgeous. There were moments that I was just like stopping and underlining the entire paragraphs because her way with words is just so beautiful, almost distractingly gorgeous writing. <laughs> so good. And the whole plot as it as it draws to an end, I found it to be super, super satisfying. It is a great start of your summer read. And speaking of summer reads, a little heads up for you guys. Later this month, Laura and our dear friend Kara, who guest co-hosted back on episode 24 of Sorta Awesome, are going to be talking all about books for this summer that you should be reading this summer uh, on an episode of Extra Awesome. So you will want to stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, really, you're going to want to pick up Bellwether Rhapsody. It's so great. In fact, if you're going to pick it up, we would love it if you would go and use the Amazon link for the show. That's sort of awesomeshow.com slash Amazon. You can buy it through our link and that will go to support our work here at Sorta Awesome. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed with this one. It's so great, Laura. I would love for you to read. In fact, Kara read it. Kara and I read it together and we're bouncing responses off of each other. And when we finished, we spent some time on Voxer breaking down the whole thing. And it was fantastic. So great. I can't wait for my talk with Kara about summer books because I already have so much that I want to recommend that I've been reading lately. And I know that Kara has been reading things that now I want to read. So I want to hear her tell me about them. It's going to be a good, good talk. I know, I can't wait. Well, summer is for reading for sure, but also wonderfully it is for eating. And the best way to eat in the summer definitely is to fire up the grill. Now, Laura, seriously, I know that I have seen evidence of your prowess with the grill that you have going all summer long. I have to tell you, we've had a grill, either a charcoal grill or a gas grill for the entire time we've been married. We've had a gas grill for a long time. I think I have actually, me, myself, grilled on it less than three times. I'm way terrified of it. So I would love to hear how it came to be that you just fired up your own grill and taught yourself how to do all of this. I'm a grill master. You are. Yeah. I I have multiple types of grills. (laughs) (laughs) I read grilling blogs. I mean, it is... I have to tell you, grilling is like a man's best kept secret. Mm. Like so many women are afraid of grilling or they just feel the need to like let the man in their life man the grill. I'm telling you, grilling is not hard at all. And men have been pulling the wool over our eyes for years. (laughs) 
trying to act like like it is their domain. Grilling is going to make you so happy if you are to start. I'm here to tell you. Okay. Um, okay. So I do own multiple types of grills, including a big green egg, which is like an indirect slow cooker that I make hunks of meat on. Yeah. <laughs> but today, I just want to start kind of with the most basic type of outdoor grilling that most people have. Like okay. you said, you guys have like your basic gas grill that if you don't already have, you can get at Walmart, Home Depot. Gas grills come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. You can get them for like $80 up to thousands of dollars. Yes. There's all different um, ranges and styles. If you're, if you don't already have one, my recommendation is to go to a kind of mid range, like a Weber makes a great grill. Yes. Spend a couple hundred bucks. I think the super cheap grills are not great. But also, there's absolutely no need to spend thousands of dollars either, especially if you're just starting. So if you don't already have a gas grill, I hope this is an encouragement to you because it will change your summer cooking. Totally. We've had Weber gas grills for many years. The great thing is, I mean, they are solidly built. You have them out there in all kinds of weather, and they have held up so wonderfully for us. I do have to say that it is the gas part of a gas grill that scares me the most. I am just so sure that I'm going to somehow blow myself <laughs> blow myself up. What are just, you talking about? I know. That's what Kyle says too. Like this is not rocket science. This is literally so easy, but I just, I don't know. I have this weird fear that I'm going to accidentally cause an explosion when I, turn, <laughs> when I turn it on. Your face is not very compassionate right now. <laughs> Because I don't know what you think is going to explode. Like you turn the knob and, you oh, know, no. depending on the grill, like usually you just hold it to the little ignite position. And it goes click, click, click. That's the and part it that just, scares me. Yes. Well, no, but it, it's not like a boom. It's like a, <laughs> it's just like a little catch. Okay. Maybe I'm the only one who's afraid of the of exploding the grill. So let's just keep moving through <laughs> We'll no, talk you're later. not. I don't, not that I want to belabor this point, but I have like blogged or Instagrammed or whatever about my grilling. And so many women, I mean, I'm talking about like dozens and dozens of women are like, I have never grilled. And these are people who are great cooks who provide food for their family right. all the time and they, they will not go near the grill. This is like some kind of weird cultural <laughs> fear that we have put in. <laughs> into people with female parts <laughs> and it is so unwarranted you guys women I want you guys to march outside to that grill because here's the thing about grilling it's so fast right it is you can have a whole big meal done for multiple people in like 20 minutes yeah 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 the next best thing about grilling is that it's kind of hard to mess it up. There's nothing complicated about grilling. The only mistakes you can really make are undercooking the food, in which case you just throw it back on the grill, or overcooking the food, which unless it's like burnt tar black, things are still pretty good off the grill, even if they're a little overdone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's lots more wiggle room on a grill, I think, than in traditional cooking where, you know, if you burn it, it's sort of ruined. You don't have that. So I would start with something basic like hot dogs or, you know, brats, the type of thing that you can easily see when it's done. And then 
jump right in. Then you can move on to hamburgers, then steak, then fish. That's sort of the order of difficulty. And I do lots of veggies on the grill. I mean, in the summertime, I do our whole meals on the grill all at the same time, 15 minutes flat. Let's eat. That's amazing. You're such a rock star when it comes to this. You can even get really fancy and grill fruit and stuff for dessert. I mean, you can have everything off of the grill start to finish. There you go. I don't eat fruit, but for people who do, then I'm sure they could grill it. Um, so here's my favorite. Why are you laughing? You just <laughs> I didn't know you didn't eat fruit. <laughs> I don't know why that just struck me. Okay, keep going. Um, so... Okay, my number one tip is use a timer. Now, this seems really like the the most basic thing, but I had two mental energies playing against me for this. One is my mom is an amazing cook. She is like a scratch kitchen cook. She she makes everything from scratch. She can do it in her sleep. She doesn't like measure. She doesn't use things like timers. (laughs) She just... She just like does it. Right. And she sort of looks down at people who have to be a little more precise. And that alone kept me from cooking for a long time because I couldn't just like do it from a natural ability. And I had been taught that it was sort of embarrassing to have to follow directions or measure things. (laughs) Right. So for a long time, I was like, oh, I don't have a natural ability at this at all cooking. And so then I can't cook like I'm not a good cook. And so when I had kids, I had to start cooking because we couldn't go out so much. I mean, we were I had a newborn and we were sort of stranded at home. I started cooking and I just started doing it by the recipe. And I was like, well, I I mean, I can cook because there's instructions here. Exactly. Yes. So since that time. And I'm not an amazing cook, but I'm a decent cook and I cook for my family a lot and I cook for big groups a lot. I have really embraced using tools <laughs> that that my mom wouldn't use, like a timer. Like a timer. So on the grill, I'm not the type of person who is just going to stand there and stare at the hamburger patty while it simmers. Right. Like I'm sort of a multitasker. And it's not like the sort of picture you have of a dad standing there in an apron, just like standing at the grill all day. I don't do that. I put the patties on or the chicken on or the whatever I'm doing. And I set a timer. Because you do like three minutes each side, four minutes each side, depending on what you're cooking. And that helps me feel like I haven't lost control of the whole game. Because I can put things on, I can run back inside and, you know, mix up or whatever I'm doing. I can run back out and flip them. It's not only about multitasking. It's also sort of a mental thing of like knowing that I'm doing it okay. Like I'm not, I haven't screwed it up. Right, right. And for those of us who have like never done this, that is so huge because the whole thing of like, has this cooked long enough? Have I overcooked it? You don't, if you've never been the one who is in charge of what's happening at the grill, it's so hard to, even if you are just standing there to try to eyeball it and guess. So you can't, you can't always guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a timer like tells you you're doing this right. Now is when you turn it. Now is when you take it off. There you go. Now, of course, there's a ton of variables like the heat of your grill and what you're cooking, the thickness of what you're cooking. But for some very basic things that we're talking about, chicken, hot dogs, hamburgers, I would start with three minutes on each side. That's a that's just a very big ballpark thing that I'm saying. 
you know, a way to make it cook faster is to close the lid. If you feel like the grill's gotten really, really, really hot, keep the lid open. Um, You can do all kinds of experimenting, but if it's truly like your first time, three minutes on each side, uh, not for steak, that's probably not enough for steak unless you like it really rare, but that's a good thing to get going. And then you can kind of cut one open and see if it's to the doneness that you like. Um, And for chicken, of course, make sure that that's pretty hot grill because you want to make sure you cook chicken, especially all the way through. But my number one grilling tool for myself is my timer. I have a timer on my watch and I just go about my day with the timer going off every few minutes. The second thing is temperature control. Again, tons of variables here. As you get more advanced, you're going to want to have a thermometer that you stick in the meat because once you get comfortable with cooking to time, you really need to cook to temperature. That's like a better way to cook, especially like on steak and things like that if you have a preference on its doneness. So there's all kinds of different tools, a lot of them that you can get on Amazon and you just stick it right in the meat and it will tell you within like a few seconds what the inside temperature of the meat is. And then if you're cooking something long and low and slow on the grill, there are, I have this handy tool that you leave in the meat and then is like a remote thermometer and it goes off when the internal temperature reaches a certain temperature. So if I'm cooking it something for two hours or something and I'm inside the house, it will beep at me like, go get your stuff off the grill. That is an amazing kind of magic right there. What a wonderful world we live in. That's, that's a little bit more advanced than some of the stuff that we're talking about. Like if you've never, ever grilled before, but, um, you know, you can use those in an oven too, just as a sidebar. If you're doing roast or, you know, tri-tip, whatever that you're making, those individual stick-in-the-meat remote thermometers are way more accurate than whatever your oven temperature or grill temperature says it is. Because they're not, obviously, they're not telling you the temperature of what you're cooking. They're telling you the temperature inside the heat source. Yes. And you're trying to cook to temperature. But that that's taking a bit of a tangent. But that does exist, and it's an awesome tool. The other thing that I really recommend is a heat mitt. Looks like an oven mitt, but it is specifically made for high heat. This is because, speaking specifically to the ladies, I usually have on bracelets and whatnot. And when I'm trying to like be over the grill, they burn the tar off of me. I never would have thought of that. But yes. Yeah. And you don't want to be like jumping around and like trying to turn your meat. Right, right. Nobody wants to be jumping around while they're trying to turn their meat. You're right. (laughs) So invest in a heat mitt. In a heat mitt. Okay. Now, I hate to be saying all these things that you should buy before you start grilling. You do not need to go out and purchase a million things before you start grilling. I'm just mentioning that these are things, as someone who grills a lot, that I do use and find useful. Honestly, the only thing that you need to start grilling is the grill. The grill and some meat. And there you and, go. And Ooh. like a, a good spatula. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so true. Yes. A good spatula that is um, made for grilling. Do buy that. You can get that anywhere because uh, you'll melt a plastic spatula mm-hmm. if you have that. Yeah. And if you use an all metal one, it will get too hot. So you needs to have like the metal spatula part and then the plastic handle part. Right. The last thing that I love that I use 
tool-wise, something I've sort of just discovered recently, and it is amazing. It's a ceramic grill grid for veggies. Mm. So it's dishwasher safe. It's naturally nonstick. I got mine at Sur La Tabla. I think that they have them at Williams-Sonoma or, or anything like that. And it's a it's like a grill grid that sits right on your grid. And so you can do like broccoli or things that might be too, too small that would like fall yes. in the cracks or something. I made sweet potato fries. Oh, yeah. Uh, roasted cauliflower. Like I did a bunch of yummy things. You could even, it's a great way to do like small new potatoes or anything because they're not like rolling all over creation. Right. So oh. yummy. Roasted broccoli or grilled broccoli and, and cauliflower. That sounds so good. I never would have thought to have thrown those on the grill. It's so good. You just toss it in olive oil, a little salt and pepper or any other, you know, kind of seasonings that you want and just put that on the grill. And that goes fast. You know, I roast broccoli and cauliflower. I roast all kinds of veggies in the oven and it takes sometimes 30 minutes or oh, whatever. at least, yes. Yeah. And potatoes can take an hour. You yes. know, it takes a long time to roast that stuff in the oven. On the grill, not so much. Way, way, way faster. So good to know. I'm, I'm like sort of like spacing out, thinking about like, oh gosh, all the vegetables you could grill this summer. So those are a bunch of the tools that I like to use. Again, you don't have to invest in all of those up front, but they are the ones that I use for kind of daily grill cooking. So some things that I've learned along the way that I think makes for better food, you should let your meat get to room temperature. So if you're going to make steaks, you take them out of the fridge, you know, at least an hour before, just set them on the counter. I mean, if it's a super hot day, then, you know, be, be aware of your surroundings. But in our mild California climate, I just put them on the counter for about an hour and just let them come to room temperature. It's way better than throwing very cold meat yes. on the grill. And then same, when you pull meat off of the grill, especially steaks, you need to let it rest. So you need to build in the resting time. If you're trying to serve dinner to people and you've made steaks, you don't want to like take them off the grill and cut right in and eat. They need to rest like longer than you would think, maybe 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll continue to cook slightly that way, so be aware of that if you're aiming for a certain kind of doneness. But they will be better. They will taste better, and they—that's just how it's meant to be. Yeah, that's a great tip, and I think one that people do forget because you think about there's a a lot of other kinds of ways to prepare meat where that's true. When you pull a a roast out of the oven, you want to let it sit and rest for a bit before you. just kind of dive right in. And I think because grilling does not take as long to cook that it's easy to forget to let the meat set for a bit and kind of collect itself before you cut into it. So that's a good one. Especially the culture of grilling is often a, you know, a group thing where people are around and you're like, meat's off the grill. And like people like just sort of run right. over it. Yes. Eat it. Don't do that. You can do that with hamburgers, probably. doesn't matter so much. But with uh, finer cuts, you definitely do not want to. Very true. Okay. Well, so we've talked a little bit, a little bit about throwing some vegetables out there, about steaks and some of the other common things that people like to grill. What are some of the foods that you are actually out there grilling for your family, for big groups, all of those things? I continue to go through this really heavy hamburger 
stage. I still love making a basic hamburger. I have variations of the way that I do it, but my very best burger that I love when especially when we have guests over, is I use a dash of heavy cream, generous helpings of Lowry's seasoning salt in the raw meat. When you're forming the patties, it's really important with hamburgers to not handle the meat too much. So true. Don't like, I mean, you can just beat that thing to a pulp. Don't do that. You're obviously going to have to handle it enough to kind of shape it, shape the patty and you know, get the edges the way you want them, get the thickness the way you want it, but do as little handling as you can. Now, after I do pour in a little bit of cream, a lot of seasoning salt, then I do kind of, you know, mush it together. But again, I'm really aware to not, it'll get very, I don't know the word mealy, mushy, Mm -hmm, if you- Right, pasty almost. Yeah, not, it's just not the right texture. So I just love to do that. I love blue cheese on my burgers bacon and my favorite thing to serve it on is hawaiian sweet rolls oh yeah so good oh my gosh so good so good yes 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 well kyle cooks a lot of burgers as well and he is um he's a big believer like like you were just saying in not relying on your vegetables and condiments whatever you put on your burger to give the burger its flavor he is a huge believer in uh, just working with the meat itself and really adding the flavor in there so one thing that he used to do a long time ago we haven't done this in a while because we have not been able to find this specific combination but he would take half ground beef and then he'd go to a butcher counter and get ask them to grind up some brisket and so he would do (gasps) half ground beef half brisket ground brisket mix it together. Oh my gosh, it was so good. That's such a great way to do it. So you can think outside of, okay, I'm just going to use all beef patties here. You can experiment around with different ground meats and see what combinations you like. Another thing that he does that is so good, and these make such an excellent, like, almost like a charred or almost a caramelized uh, texture to them, is he will take his uh, hamburger meat and then throw in grape jelly and barbecue sauce and mix that all together Mm -hmm. to make patties and the sugars in the jelly and the barbecue sauce when they hit the grill they get that really blackened not like a yucky blackened but like just like a really flavorful kind of crisp to them Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna say crispy it's delicious yes yes we just had those for dinner last night actually so good and again you could like you said i mean you can put bacon on your burger or you can chop up bacon and put it into the burger mix before you make patties just you know, experiment with it. And yeah, you can make some really great burgers that way. And his thing too, is he sees a lot of people when they're grilling burgers, like pushing down on the burger with the spatula while you're, while you're grilling. And you don't really want to do that because that's releasing a lot of the juiciness of the burger. You're going to end up with a really dry burger. Of course, people do that to kind of try to see if the juices are clear, if they're, if the burgers are done, but it's just so much better for the, for the end eating experience. If you don't smash them down while you're cooking, if you just pull one off and kind of test, test for doneness, put it back on if you need to, instead of smashing out all those good, juicy, delicious juices from those burgers. So. so yeah, yeah, that's true. And a lot of grills, actual grills have a side that's just for searing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my grill here at home has to the far right these really 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 hot 
burner things that are just for searing because I do like my burgers to be and my steaks to be a little kind of crispy on the edges Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then soft on the outside which would be great for what you're saying about the grape jelly so you can sear them for a few minutes and then move them over to the regular side to kind of continue to cook and that is delicious yes yes well, another thing that Kyle does uh, for grilling meats is he uses a, a marinade that his family has used for forever. I mentioned it on the show last summer, so I wanted to throw it out there again as you're getting ready for this summer, because this is the summer we're going to do it, girls. We're going to get out there and try it ourselves. <laughs> but this marinade is so, so simple. And you can use it on steak, you can use it on chicken, you can use it on pork. It is fantastic. You can use use it on um, like those portobello mushrooms. You can marinate those and throw them on the grill as well. And it's so easy. It's equal parts of soy sauce, lemon juice, and olive oil. Ideally, you might like to let it marinate for four hours, but I've done it in as little as an hour and it has turned out great. You can even do it overnight if you want to get them prepped overnight, get your meat prepped overnight and can sprinkle some black pepper on the meat before you grill it, maybe a little garlic powder. But even if you don't do those things, just the basic marinade is so good and so full of flavor. We love it and use it often around here. Another thing that I love to do is steak. It's pretty basic thing to make, especially if you have guests over. We love steak. My easiest way to make, and this is true for any cut, you just take a steak, again, bring it to room temperature, douse it in olive oil. I put olive oil on both sides and then go generous with the Montreal steak seasoning. Oh yes, that's so good too. It's the easiest spice. You can, Again, you can get it anywhere. It's, it's pretty peppery, pretty garlic salt, you know, it's, but it's all mixed together for you. And I do maybe more than you would even think. Like my mom one time watched me prepping steaks and she was like, wow. (laughs) And not a good kind of wow. Not an impressed kind of wow. (laughs) When when my mom says wow, she never means it good. (laughs) But I was confident in it and it really is delicious. I mean, you don't coat it. It's not a full coating, but I, I am pretty generous with it and it is delicious. Another thing that I make quite a bit is corn because I love corn and it's so easy on the grill. Just butter that thing up, salt and pepper it. You can add anything. There's some really fun um, on Pinterest and places. There's some fun Mexican corn recipes where you can use a little bit of taco seasoning. You can use Parmesan cheese. There's all kinds of ways to, you know, fancy up corn and you can put them on the grill and that it is great. And a lot of grills have a little veggie shelf mm-hmm. that's kind of above the main part right. of the grill Yes, that you, you can put right up there. I put my corn right on the main part of the grill. I like it when it kind of blackens up in yes. certain places, but some people don't. So you might want to use that higher grill shelf. So yeah, grilling, I'm telling you, you can make a full meal. You can warm some bread on the grill and you are done. If you have a big enough grilling surface, you can put all of this stuff on and have a whole meal. It's like a one pot meal yes, idea. It is. It is so good. So I know, I mean, it's not unusual for you guys, for you and Jeff to have house guests. You guys host people all year round, but especially in the summer. I know you are cooking for family, you're cooking for friends and neighbors, so you're cooking for groups a lot through the summer. As we head toward that season where, when all of us are hosting people, whether it's for vacation or whatever the occasion is where we're cooking for big groups, 
what would you share with us that we can know that we can apply this summer for cooking for a lot of people? We do cook for people a lot. We have a ton of house guests at our lake house all summer long. And and now in Los Angeles, we have a lot of friends come and just swim and spend the afternoon. So I end up cooking for large groups of people a lot. I talk about this a little more in depth on our hostessing entertaining show from last summer. But learning how to grill, which I've only done in the last few years, has really made the whole process of cooking for groups so much easier. One of the things that I do, not when it's a casual get together, when it's more of a formal big meal for everyone, is a very fun grilled pizza party. Grilled pizza. Yes. You cannot believe how easy and fun this is and how family friendly it is because everyone gets to choose exactly what they want. Yes. I got this idea from my sister-in-law a few years ago who brought it to our kind of family reunion and now I do it several times this summer. I buy naan from the grocery store. My grocery store has like garlic flavored naan and plain and whatever. If you don't have that in your grocery store, you can use any sort of like flat bread, bread sure. flat bread type of thing. You put it out, you put out a bowl of olive oil with a brush because everyone needs to brush the bread with olive oil. It will help it just be moist and not and not burn on the grill. Then you just put out, you know, pizza sauce, veggies, tons of cheese, multiple kinds of cheese, bacon bits, pepperoni, whatever you have in the kitchen. Throw it all on the counter. People build their own little mini pizzas on the little flatbread and then you just throw them on the grill. Everything melts together. So friendly for people. It tastes good. Yeah. Easy. So family friendly, especially if the big group that you are feeding includes a lot of kids because kids love pizza. And so this way, it's a super simple way to do it. And like you said, they get to pick their own stuff, which what kid or adult doesn't love that? It's little to no prep on your part besides going to the grocery store because you're putting all the stuff out there, you know, sort of raw or whatever, unless you've cooked up some bacon or something to put on there. And then all you do, you do have to man the grill a little bit more in that instance because it doesn't take very long, under five minutes to kind of get everything to melt down. You just need to be watching it. But you can have 10 pizzas going on your grill. People just bring it up and then you say, who has this one? If people get their own. It is so easy for people and sometimes it's really appreciated because if you have vegetarians in your group or that kind of thing who sometimes get excluded from the hot dogs and burgers type Mm, of meal. So true. It's, it's nicer to them. So we do a grill pizza party. I cannot recommend that enough. And I wrote a blog post on that a few years ago. We'll link out so you can sort of visualize what I'm describing. Another thing that I do for feeding big groups in the summer, and this isn't, uh, these are my easiest tricks because while I I do sometimes like making an elaborate meal. In the summertime, I want to be participating in the fun. I do not want to be slaving in the kitchen. Absolutely, yeah. We're going out on our boat. We're all enjoying one another. And I just want to be like, oh, here's the, you know, here's the meal. So I will, often I will use my slow cooker, my crock pot to make a meat the night before or, or all day. You know, you can do anything, chicken, beef, pork, whatever, in the slow cooker all day, take it out, shred it, and then it goes on sandwiches. Oh, so smart. 
So you can use that a hundred different ways. I will often do a barbecue chicken. So that means I just uh, cook the chicken in a broth for hours, depending on how many, you know, how many pounds of chicken you have. Then about an hour before I want to eat, I take it out. I shred it. You can shred chicken very easily in the KitchenAid mixer. Or if it's been done in the crock pot, it will just fall apart. So you can shred it quickly using some forks. Pour a bunch of barbecue sauce in it and then let it sit in that sauce in the slow cooker for another hour or whatever. And then you have it to go on sandwiches. Then the day after that, you have it to put on the pizzas that you're grilling. You know, you can use it multiple ways. And you can just grill some veggies to go with it. Grilling corn takes, you know under 10 minutes basically and you've already made the meat the night before so you can feed huge groups using a grill in a crock pot with not very many minutes which is the goal absolutely the goal that is so smart i love it and again even usually the pickiest of eaters can get on board with a sandwich of some kind so so that's what i mean and i and i like that it's still fresh food You you haven't you haven't resorted to throwing in a dozen pizzas, frozen pizzas in the oven, which I've done, believe me, I'm not judging that. I'm just saying, when you're grilling, you're still serving them fresh food to guests. Just because you haven't put in hours and hours of labor, you're still really serving them. That's so great. These are such fantastic tips. And we would love to hear from you guys. Are you grillers? Are you inspired to try it for yourself, for your family? Let's continue the conversation over on social media. Laura, remind everybody where we can find you all around the web. I write a monthly newsletter called The Secret Posts that has all my tips and tricks for style, beauty, cooking, personal stuff, all kinds of things. You can find that at hollywoodhousewife.com. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Hollywood H Wife and on Facebook as The Hollywood Housewife. Okay, good stuff. Well, I am at Sorta Awesome Meg on Twitter and Instagram. Come and follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You can also find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffer, and Laura Tremend. Visit us on the web at sortaawesomeshow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at progermusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.